Hey everybody, welcome to the next episode of the Strand Tennis Center podcast, filled with tips, advice, tennis, not tennis, just life advice too, whatever you need. Uh, like it on YouTube, share it on uh, the podcast as well. Thank you. Welcome to the Strand Tennis Center podcast, Santi. My posture's perfect. You had to adjust the camera. Working on my posture lately, Santi, because I tend to hunch over. So I'm working on that, Santi. Nice. Doesn't I look impressive? Don't I look more manly? <laughs> like a studious student, ready to learn. Studious student, ready to learn. Studious student. It's like a tongue twister. Well, I got a little... Uh, <laughs> it uh, threw me off track, something. You threw me off track, my friend. Um, studious student, ready to learn. So, uh, <laughs> what was I going to... I was just going to... I don't what's, even... What's today's topic, Steve? What's today's topic? Yeah. Uh, a couple of topics. I think uh, number one is... Uh, the right seat on the bus, which is very important. The right seat on the bus to learn. Uh, this is, again, this podcast is about morphing itself more into running a small business. We will talk about micro things in the sense of tennis and what you need to learn and specifics. But it's kind of just kind of the day-to-day life of running a business and figuring out what decisions to make, what not to um, pros and cons of running a small business as well. I think one of the big pros, Santi, is any th- idea you... You're good. Mm, technical difficulties. Any idea that you have, you can do. So there's not a lot of red tape. The good thing about running a business is you don't have a lot of hoops to run through. So, and, and that reminds me of Apple. That's, you know, they... I forget, years ago, uh, larger companies or companies that were, you know, bigger companies, say like Johnson & Johnson, have more more bureaucracy and all that stuff, would get advice from Apple and say, how are you so effective at remaining a small kind of innovative company as you're growing and getting bigger? And they said, well, if we have an idea, starts in design phase, Goes all, not even design, goes into the ideas, design phase, all these things, you print out all these presentations. And if it gets all the way down to the end of this being accepted and we don't agree, we trash it and get rid of it. And all the big companies are like, yeah, but we can't do that. So give us another, give us another idea. That's the issue. And that's the thing. There's so many hoops to go through with these larger companies that once an idea gets through a certain path, it's got to, it's got to be accepted. So the good thing about this is you can put an idea out there and the testing is so fast. It's so immediate. Like you can have an idea, put the idea out. You can figure out in six months whether it's going to crap out or not work. And then something and then you can do another idea. The con of that is if you make too many mistakes as a small business and it's not many, I'd say four, maybe four and a half. And then you're fucked. So you can't make a lot of mistakes because you're dealing with uh, smaller margins and smaller room for error. You know, you can, you know, a great, uh, Bezos always talks about, you know, we've made, you know, when he, when they came out with the phone, the fire, what was it? The fire? What was the phone called? I forget what their phone had. They had an Amazon phone. Amazon? I don't know. I forget what it's called. Yeah. You don't know because it crashed and burned so bad. And he said, Hey, we're going to have so many more failures, you won't believe it. And he goes, that's because that, that, yeah. they try things too. You know, Amazon is a huge company, spends a ton of money on innovation and developing because they don't want to get innovated out. 
So we can't spend that they kind have of... They have their own airplanes now. Correct. Like shipping. Delivering. Yeah, they have their own shipping. Yeah, yeah. Other people can't keep up. Because they're exiting out the middleman, right? So yeah. th- that was a, always a great thing. They always would go back and forth between Federal Express and UPS. UPS always knew FedEx could never keep up. FedEx... UPS is just better than FedEx. Yeah. They, so Amazon would go, oh, we're going to FedEx, but they knew, UPS knew that FedEx would just crap out. They couldn't, ha- they didn't have the ability infrastructure mm-hmm. to handle Amazon stuff. So at this point, as somebody said, stop the podcast, help somebody out. <laughs> somebody, we had a little pause there, but so FedEx and UPS, so Fe- they would all try to, he would, try to negotiate them off each other, but UPS always knew that their infrastructure was better. So they always could negotiate a better deal. That's why they're building their own plans and their own trucks and cars and things like that because they're just going to X them out. Subcontract people too, like smaller companies to do their uh, shipping as well. Like you have random vans with no like little stickers on them. Yeah, isn't that like, isn't Uber doing that with Walmart, right? They're taking Uber drivers and they're delivering. Oh really? Yeah, Walmart. Oh. I think that was a year ago. Wal- years ago, Walmart took all. They said, yeah. well, "If you're an Uber driver, why don't you do deliveries too?" Yeah, yeah. makes sense. I guess because you all have randomly somebody come up in like a <laughs> a Ford Festiva and like <laughs> deliver yeah, yeah. my package. I'm yeah. like, what is this? You you're like, it goes. Yeah. yeah, what is this? Yeah. It's funny. Um, so that is the pro of having a, a small business is you can make quick decisions. There's not a lot of red tape. If you have an idea, you want to give it a shot. Uh, and the con is if you m- make three or four mistakes, you're probably in big trouble and you got to be careful with it, but you got to keep trying and trying new things. Cause if you don't, again, you get stagnant and you get innovated out and you start to go and there's always going to be somebody that's younger. That's got an idea. Then you're gonna be like, oh, that's uh, that's never gonna work, and then it works, and then you're in trouble. That's why we're doing uh, pickleball, right, Santi? We love pickleball. We love pickleball. We do great no. In pickleball. No, pickleball's a lot of fun. Super busy all the time. Super busy, super busy, super crazy. Uh, people are into it, but again, I I think pickleball is like anything else right now. It's not anything else. It's super hot, right? Yeah. So remember, I don't remember frozen yogurt. Yeah, it was a thousand fro- oh, frozen yeah, yeah. yogurt places, places, right? Froyo places when it was hot. Then too many came out. Yeah. Too much supply. The market. Yeah. Not enough demand. So yeah. what's going to happen? The beautiful. This is the beautiful thing about tennis. It's very very prohibitive because you need a large. And talking about indoor tennis, you need a large space. Mm-hmm. Very hard to come by in areas where they want to play tennis. So most areas that want to play tennis are higher economic areas. Those are very hard to find inexpensive spaces. So it's very prohibitive. A lot of these buildings that have been built, somebody that could build one of these buildings would rather just build 20, like across the street, 200 units, 200 apartments. Yeah. Because they're going to make much more money. money. So the good thing about tennis is it'll never get supplied out. You'll never have so much supply of tennis courts inside to the demand. But pickleball is a smaller footprint, right? right? And I can see a lot of pickleball places opening up because yeah. it's a smaller footprint. You don't need a huge high ceiling. And to me, they're going to supply themselves out. There's going to be too many. And then... Too many, like, little niche pickleball be places. Too many pickleball places. So then it's going to... What is it going to boil down to then? Customer relationship. Yeah, quality. Yeah. How quality it is. With us, knock on wood, like we said, between October and May, if you're smart 
and you can f- and you actually just you know and, and this is not what our standards are but if you can just if you do a decent job as an indoor p- club you're going to be full because people want to yeah. play yeah, you yeah. have to be really terrible and there's been some people that have been terrible and lost their lease or lost their business because so many issues like really bad you have to be like super bad you know Unbelie- and I'm not talking Jonah Hill super bad. I'm talking like <laughs> really bad. Jonah Hill, <laughs> Jonah Hill and Seth Rogen. Oh, I love that. Did yeah, you like, oh, that's a great one, right? That's a great one. Um, but so the supply with tennis will always be there because, again, in a geographic region, what do you got? Maybe 40 indoor courts, yeah. maybe 50. And you got thousands of people that want to play tennis. Thousands of them want to play. So especially it is. When it uh, rains. Especially what? when it's rainy or hot out or yeah. whatever. I know. Yeah. Always, always. And that's why when we started an outdoor, that's just a that's a live show. Oh, that's Ty coming in and asking a question. Maybe he wanted to build something. Ty, come on in, buddy. It's all right. We're just live. Come on in. Yeah, you want to bill it? You want to take a payment? Take a payment. We'll do it live. Stop. We'll stop for a second. Stop the show so we can take a pay. Hey, Leo. A lot of interruptions today. So busy today, but uh, always busy. Here yes, don't even try to do some self promotion. Anyways, um, supply and demand. So that's what I was saying. To repeat, tennis will always be around because of the supply and demand issue indoors. It'll. It's a situation where there's just not enough room and space to satisfy people that want to play tennis. Pickleball like you said, is going to have an issue where they're going to need incredible, incredible service. There's going to be a lot of competition over the service, like a restaurant, because you can put up a restaurant anywhere. You can play pickle anywhere, even. You can play pickle anywhere. You can buy a net at Dick's Sporting Goods and then just draw a line with chalk in front of your driveway. But I'm talking indoors. So let's say tennis, you can play anywhere, too. So I'm talking indoors. You can have just as much supply indoors as outside, because you can build, you don't need a tennis facility to have a pickleball facility. You can have, like when you were driving past different places, hey, like, put this here, put this here, because yeah. it's, all you need is 10,000 square a flat feet. In a flat surface, that's it. a flat surface, the ceiling has to be, what, 15 feet high, maybe? Yeah. I mean, how high is the lob going to go? It's not even that high. Yeah. It's, it's fine. So that's where it's going to get to the point where, wait a minute. It's just not, all right, put it up there, and they're just going to come because they want to play. It's going to be, wait a minute, there's so many options. And you, and you see it when, it when it goes outside. There's just so many options. Mm-hmm. People will just play outside. They'll want to play outside, and that's why your, your service has got to be great. I really think when you're talking about the small business, I, my, my major topic was uh, the right seat on the bus because it's just, you know, as a small business, it's always reaching and reaching the employee and understanding where they sit and where they fall. Because you could hire somebody to do one thing, they could do it, and then start being better at something else and not like the other thing and not realize, and you got to roll with that and you got to understand that. And if you don't understand that and say, listen, I hired you to do this job. You have to do this job. But... If they're better at the other job, what are you going to do? Crowbar them into doing the other job? So r- having the right seat on the bus for a company is huge. So you say you got 10 seats, and if somebody's just on the wrong seat, it makes it terrible for everybody. you got to make sure, and, and you got to have the wherewithal on the balls to say, hey, you're on the wrong seat. That's okay. I mean, there's... You know, I mean, there's been coaches where I said, listen, this is where you're not doing right. This is what you can do. 
And some of them step up to the plate and they say, oh, I can do this and I'm good at this. And some of them don't even know. Some people don't even have self-awareness of what they're good at and what they can really thrive at. And some people, it's funny, are good at things they don't like. And that's the hardest thing. I told you about professional football players and basketball players. You'd be surprised how many of them don't like their sport. It's probably because they end up having to do it because they're – they're like been doing it for so long that they're so good at it, and then they're like, I don't really want to play with it, play it anymore, like deep inside my heart. But I'm so I'm stuck in it, and it's my, you know, livelihood. And my family spent all this time bringing me to practices when I was little, et cetera, et cetera. So they keep like they feel like they have to keep going, you know. Well, it becomes a job, right? Like yeah. you said. So, or and then you spend too much money early on. The those okay, kind of yeah. jobs. Football, basketball, all those sports jobs, you're going to make all your money in eight or ten years. But you're like our normal jobs. If we if run a business, you can do it forever. Right. You can run a business for 50 years. Yeah. You can make all your money over the life of that business. Right. But if you're an athlete, you're going to only make money eight or ten years. And if you blow that money. Oh, yeah. It's going to be very (laughs) you don't realize you have another 30, 40 years to live. I know you always think you get another job, but um, most of these athletes don't. They don't go into broadcasting. You're only seeing that's that kind of weird thing you see, like with actors or with successful athletes. They don't, you got to do a proper statistical study. You don't see all the, like if you go, I mean, how many great athletes are out there that don't make it? How many great actors that can act? They're good enough to act. That don't make it because it's just an, a, a, a subjective thing. You go into the audition one day and somebody's just like, ah, I kind of like this guy. You know, it's my, yeah. the, the gatekeepers are very, very, you know, they're not like going, I'm looking for Sir Lawrence or Olivier. Most people can act and they're above the threshold. They're looking for a specific look. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. the Mel Gibson selling, thing. It's a visual. It's, everything's visual now, especially with the kids and how we're, have no attention span, so like selling to us or the, even the younger kids, the high school kids, middle school kids, it's very difficult. So you have to sell a certain type of look when you're t- building a show, especially on like Netflix and all these other platforms. It's true, but I mean, what I was saying, yeah, it's true. You have to sell a different look. But Mel Gibson, his big role was uh, Mad Max when he first started the Australian movie, yeah. right? He came into the audition and he had gotten into a fight and he had a black eye. And Mad Max is all about, you know, that's after World War Three and everything is destroyed. People are fighting each other. And the person's like, oh, I, this is the guy for the part, right? Because yeah. he was already, he came, you know, so random things like that. What you don't see, again, is all those other actors that don't make it. You're only seeing the success stories. So you miss 90% of the sample size. So those players that play for eight to 10 years, that don't make 30 million bucks a year. They make, say, the league minimum, which is 2 million. They, they blow all this money. All their family members have an entourage of 40 people. But they're, then they're not on CBS or NBC. Right. They're, a lot of them are broke. But you don't see that average. You don't see what happens. You have to be very careful in those businesses, in those, in those uh, lines of work where you make that kind of money, just like rock stars. It's the same thing. If they're not the Rolling Stones, they're going to make their money with an eight or ten year period. And if you don't hold on to that money, you're in big trouble. So you have to be really smart and you have to be really smart as a business, too. I I think we're I don't know what topic we were on there. I'm talking about the right seat on the bus. The right seat on the bus. 
I don't know. We start trailing off. But the right, let's go back to the right seat on the bus. I want to go back to it. I, I think if, if your job as the owner, and, and if you don't make it clear where everyone stands and where you think they should stand, and at, because, you, again, we said you have to listen to know that, if people don't know where they stand or where they're headed and where uh, it's, it's a mess. And sometimes, again, like we were saying, you need to tap on the shoulder and tell them, listen, I think you're really good at this. We were talking about this today about you, what you're good at, you know. And, and you want somebody excited to do that. We were talking about who doesn't like their job, the NBA. That's where we go back to the players that don't like their job mm-hmm. and they're doing it. Yeah. So my job is to hopefully find a right seat for you where you're not just good at it, but you also like it. Right. So that is the combination. Like you can be really good at something, like we were saying, and hate it, and right. it's still miserable. So there's been pros that are good at it, but they're co- constantly miserable here. And I'm just like, get another job. Yeah. Like we had a pro that was like, I can't believe this. Uh, every day is the same. And I teach them, and they come back, and they want another lesson, and like, Isn't and then the they point? come back again. I'm like, like that's the point. We, we were like, what's the point? Like that's yeah. what the job is. Yeah. You want them to come back. You want them to want to improve and come back. Like, yeah. you're in a wrong line of work. Go do something else. I yeah, don't know. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like a very strange thing. You can't, because when people do that, they're just doing it for the money. They're like, oh, I make money doing this. Right. But then you're just miserable. And this person was miserable. It was amazing how miserable they were. And he was popular. That's funny. And he didn't want them to come back. I don't know. It's like a strange kind of thing. That's interesting. Yeah. Because you would think that, like, especially, like, I can't, I, I, well, I tried to get into this industry before I had this job because I wanted to, like, do something enjoyable, right? And that you're telling me this guy didn't enjoy any of it? Or maybe he enjoyed it at first and then, you know? Uh, I think you have to understand, I think you have to love it, but I think you have to understand any job is repetitive. Yeah. Like, what are you supposed to do? Like, I mean, yeah. you, I mean, I have to get up. I have to go to work. I have to do this. I have to do the same kind of process. Like yeah. you can't. But the thing is, every day is not the same. You might be seeing the same people, but you Correct. talk about different things. They have different things going on in their lives. Like today, I really or usually have, oh, this lesson, this lesson. Oh, somebody canceled. Okay. And then like, oh, why they cancel? Oh, maybe I'm sick. Maybe blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, something changes. So you like it. So yeah, that's what's it's different. And then like you and then next week they'll come back and be like, Oh yeah, you weren't here last week. You tease them a little bit. So like, you like oh, people. Where were you? And then they're like, Yeah, sorry, I couldn't make it, blah, blah. I'm like, All right, well, don't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's good. You see, you like yeah, that process. Yeah, gotta, this person just didn't like any of the process. Yeah, so she's gotta you yeah, just gotta get another job. Yeah, yeah. You know, so because in the sense of it's the same, you're going to the same club, you're, you're going to teach yeah. or you're going to do something. But all those little nuances, if you love them, you like what you're doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so the job to, f- to find that, per- and my, that's my job too, is to say, to listen, you seat. need to get into another line of work. Yeah. This is just not for you. It's not whether people want you back. This is just going to be miserable for everybody. Yeah. Everybody around the people will be like, like, this is miserable. Yeah. This person hates it here. Why are they here? Makes sense. So that is a huge thing, especially with a small business when you only have, you know, 20 to 25 people. You just don't 
And that's another thing, the way to keep a company small, never have meetings over, I think that's what Jobs, Steve Jobs, he never had a meeting over 99 people or something. It was never like, except for his, you know, keynotes and stuff like that with selling a product, but it was never big, big meetings like that. Right. Because it doesn't, the, the innovation gets lost. They always say, what is it? Too little, too many. If you have like two or three people, it doesn't work. If you have too many, it dilutes them. You need the right number of people for them to be able to feel free to communicate and pay attention. So I forget, I forget those numbers, but there's some sweet spot there. Do you feel like it's hard to find spots for people or the right spots for people as you're like, you know, there's, all, yeah, like we know there's some coaches that just enjoy teaching and then just enjoy doing their day to day and then they go home. Yeah. But do you feel like it's hard to find people to do certain things or giving them different options and different things to do? Because there's different seats that you want to fill, you know, as we go. I think we touched on this before. I think it's hard, but I think it's the hardest part is to not go, all right, I found the spot and I'm done with that person, so to speak. Like, they're good Uh, because they're going to change, like I said. And that's the problem I used to get into. All right, Santi, you're doing well for this last year and this. And so don't change. It's like a relationship. Don't yeah, change. Yeah. You're perfect. But you're going to change. You may right. have a relationship. You may do something. You may need something different. Yeah. And I can't be pig-headed and go, wait a minute. Everything was going fine. What the hell are you doing? Why are you getting married? Or all the, any of those things right. that happen. Right? So it's twofold. You, it's hard to find the right seat. But once you find it, you can't get married to it because that human's going to change. Right. And that's the hard part is to accept that. I know. Yeah. I mean, because think about how many different things, how many different jobs you've had, how many th- different things have gone through your head, even here going, well, I like this. Maybe I'll have to change that. And, you know, others, there's always different things you want to do. Mm-hmm. And then things click right away. You know someone's going to have a fit right away. Like when you were here, I knew you would have a fit right away. About what? A fit, Me- not a fit, not going crazy. Oh, a fit. oh, oh, right oh, oh. Fit. I thought I was like, dude, I'm chill. What I'm chill. Why would I have a fit? No, I knew you would have a fit. Oh, I would proper fit. Sorry, you would fit in right. Yes, sir. Just like, uh, <laughs> just like Derek, who just came in. Yeah, yeah. You just know he's gonna have a yeah. fit. He's just got yeah. the right personality. Yeah. He's, he's. You can he's just gonna see connect. it. He's yeah. gonna connect. Yeah, yeah. You just see it right. So those things, those are good. You see it right, but don't get fooled as the boss. There's going to be many issues with that employee in a good sense and, and in a bad sense because you're just going to have – there's going to be things that are go on, things that, you know, I need to – it's always the way. Nothing's ever perfect and don't think it will be. And uh, just, like, uh, just like a business itself, there's always going to be moving parts and chaos going on. Chaos is king, and you have to learn to embrace it. Um, so <sighs> – other than that, really, this week about finding the right seat, customer service, although I can go around about that, that is the hardest thing and the most rewarding thing. Uh, and I got to be honest, you know, people, uh, you know, these companies that say, you know, that uh, everybody's the greatest person ever and we love our whole group and we love every customer that walks in here. That's just not true. It just doesn't happen that way. There's going to be people, you know, and Ferris was, Tim Ferriss was great at that. I told you the four-hour work week when he had three bad clients that were destroying his time. He wrote them letters and said, look, or two of them, either you change your behavior 
or I'm not dealing with this. Like, there's always going to be somebody that's going to monopolize your time and not for a good thing. And the 80-20 principle, it's going to be the same thing. It's always, look, it's always the customer that wastes most of your time that pays you the least. It's always the way. That's the 80-20 principle. It's just yeah. the way life is. I'm not talking about the tennis business. I'm talking about any business. The hardest clients will be the hardest payers. So you have to learn to recognize those, X them out, be respectful about it, and say, look, this may not be for you, or this is all we can allocate for you. You cannot waste your time on them because they're just time wasters. Some of the best clients are the ones that they never complain. They love it, and they play all the time, and they pay all the time. You know what I mean? They're just yeah. That's the way it is. You have to understand and recognize those because this is what happens. When you allow people to monopolize your time in a negative way and to have a receivable or receivables out there for a year or two years, those people will then attract what? <laughs> Four friends that are the same way. So you have to establish a precedent that says, okay, this is the kind of client we don't want because those friends only run with similar friends like that. And the other clients are good run with other friends. And don't worry about Xing a certain client out. God bless you. Or good to clear <laughs> you. Don't worry about Xing a certain client out. You have to understand that you can replace that client with three other ones that are better. It's never worth it. It's very similar to having all the employees, having one employee that makes money but is a total cancer the whole place pisses everybody off mm -hmm. and it's my job to get rid of them no matter what they do no how much money they make so that's a very important key in regards to small business customer service you cannot allow people to monopolize your time that are not good clients and that's what happens it happens all the time i mean in your life you have a you know, you all have a do friend you, that's a time waster do you feel like in the past when you first started this business that those clients you kind of gave more time to and then you learned eventually to like push them off and that like what you're telling me now that you know that you would push them off to the side you know what i mean i like, think it's all i think like it's you all had to learn that right like you because at first you want to cater to them and then you're learning that these guys are a little annoying or whatever or they need too much and they're not giving enough back to the business yeah i think it's all a learning process i think i think yeah in the beginning you're probably saying, oh, I'm happy to get a customer. Sure. As you get older, you start yeah. to go, oh, okay, you can start to see the signs sooner yeah. and go, okay, I'm not going, I see this now. I'm not going to allocate all of this time right away. You start to realize it. Yeah. In the beginning, sure. You're young. You're trying to get clients. You're working hard. You deal with it. You don't know how to say no. Right. It's harder to say no in the beginning because you're building a business, right? So you're trying to develop a customer base and a clientele. You're just trying to hustle. But as you get more experience with anything, like a lesson, you can figure out somebody's stroke really quickly. Right, right. And you can figure it out fast before it would take a little longer. Now, you start to understand which client and which customer, you know, you know, needs a little bit more hand-holding. Some of them don't, and some of them you just need to say, listen, we're just not for you. And it's okay to say we're not for you. Ooh, okay. That's Okay. Like, it's, yeah. it's okay to say, listen, I don't think we're the best fit for you. Right. Because some, listen, how would you describe us as a club? 
uh, fun, uh, plays music. I I really just love the fact that we play music. Okay. It's very relaxing, and it's like, um, it's not like a dead, silent, like, uh, cave. Okay. Tennis cave. Like, a lot of places, it's just silent, you know? Um, But we're really into, like, having people enjoy their time here more than like becoming the number one in the world or something. They're more here to sure. like enjoy their time and then make friends and then all at the same time learn a new skill, get better. And if they want to excel, then yeah, we'll help them excel. But it's as much effort as they put in as we can give them. Yeah. We can't push them harder than they can go. They can only push themselves, honestly. Like we discussed. You like the, the, We'll promise the process, not the results. Yeah, exactly. We'll promise the process. We'll teach you how to play. We'll teach you the stroke. We'll teach you discipline. We yeah. will not promise results because you can't do that um but the perfect examples you said you like to play play music oh yeah i had a client that i was on the phone with i remember i was in a i remember exactly where i was i was sitting in my i think sitting in a living room bedroom and the client was like you have to shut this music off he was on the phone with me i don't want music played ever yeah yeah. Yeah, i was like well and that's what I just said. I just don't think we're for you. That's what we do. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You just need to find another club. Because they don't play music anywhere. I said, well, we do, and this is what we enjoy. Yeah. And But I was okay saying we're just, I guess we're just not for you. Yeah, that's yeah, okay. Yeah. Because I'm not going to shut off the music while 40 other people are there enjoying it for right. this one person. And you can't tell them what they should be. We should just right. say, we're just not for you. I'm sorry. Yeah. And. If you get upset by it, hey, listen, we're not for everybody. Some people don't like the music. Yeah. Some people don't like the fact that we open up the curtains. People walk. How many people? Oh, yeah. walk, how many people walk in that second door right away? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they walk around the court and walk on any they court walk they want. It, they walk through wherever. Before yeah. you know, when we went to a tennis club, you had to walk behind the curtain, find oh, your court. Really? Remember, you couldn't bother the people. This is oh, yeah, all yeah, open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People, old school, it's a free for all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and that's why I say the same thing with contract time. You know what contract time is, right? Where they buy a court for the year. Oh, okay. And I really, really don't promote that and frown on that because guess what happens? We piss off that contract right. time because the music's going. Right. Balls are everywhere. The kids are over there. And, the, and before or yeah. not, within a week, the contract time's like, can you uh, stop hitting those balls? Can you turn that music? Can you quiet the kids yeah, down? Yeah. I'm like, and I tell them, we're just not for you. Yeah. And I don't, sense. we don't promote contract time in our business at all. We don't sell it. We only sell it to friends yeah. that know who we are. Yeah, yeah. Because contract time is exactly like the 80-20 principle. They don't spend a lot of money on the court because it's cheap, right? You yeah. figure an hour and a half court is 82 bucks. They yeah. split it between 16 guys for the year or yeah. 16 ladies. It's like yeah. nothing for them. We don't make any money on it. It just basically pays expenses. And we get a bunch of complaints. Yeah. So that's the 80-20 <laughs> principle. There's less money going in. We're getting more complaints. So that's why I go to myself, we're just not for you. It's silly for us to do. It's okay to say no. You have to say no because you're saying yes to the other right things. And if you if you do that, you understand your business. You really it's like understanding who you are and understanding your business. Okay. It has been nothing but a headache to say yes to contract time. Got it. You know, and we do it for friends. Like we did it one Saturday morning, yeah. who had a friend for years, and then we just said we can't do that anymore. We're just too busy. Wednesday night, we did it to a, for a friend. We had to move him because I was like, "Listen, I'm sorry. It's just it's too crazy." Yeah. And he was at one point. He's like, "It was this is a friend." He's like, "I know money talks. So just tell me what the price is." I said, "Really? It's <laughs> not the price. We 
have a bunch of clients that want to play in a clinic. Yeah. We have a bunch of pros that want to work. It's yeah. not about that. It's what we're trying to create as a culture. You get more word of mouth if you have to bring other people in, and then they, like, rather than just, you know, the same people coming but, all the time. That's true. You know what I mean? But if he was going to make the money even, it wasn't even about the money. You're right. It right. was about building, saying we're building a clientele. We're building mm-hmm. a culture here. Yeah. We can't do that with a court isolated and four people on it. We don't relate to them. Yeah. I want to build a that culture. I want to build a community. I don't want to have a bunch of courts just rented. I might as well just, you know, own an apartment and rent it out. Right. That makes sense. So, so that's a, those are the biggest nuances. I guess we covered today. Right seat on the bus, the 80-20 principle, which is incredible. Read the book. There's so many. Pareto's Law, it's great. You know Pareto's Law. He discovered, I think he was Italian, that 20% of his pea pods were creating 80% of the peas. Okay. And, and, he, and he extrapolated that theory out everywhere, that most of the time, 20% of your base will create 80% of the wealth. When you talk business. So yeah. 20% of any type of... So, you know, it's like the MED, the minimum effective dose. If you can do the minimum effective do- dose, you'll get 80% results. Say if you do 20% of all these things at the yeah. right time, you'll get 80% results. Makes so. sense. So hopefully that helps today. A little small business review little bit of uh, right seat on the bus as the voicemail's going off right now with our customer service. Again, the answers and the actions. Get a little workout in there, Santi. And uh, I like your hat. Thank you. <laughs> See you. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Hey, everybody. Hope you like the podcast. Please share it with your friends, anybody that you know, anybody that's into tennis, anybody that's into bettering themselves. Share it.